Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Uh, oh, that's a nine. <laughs> One better than last time. Hey. <laughs> I'm down. This will be good. Or nine. We're claiming it right now. You know what? I just threw that die over my shoulder. This show's gonna be amazing. Let's go, everybody. (laughs) You threw it over shoulder, it landed on a twenty, winks at you. (laughs) Well now I tried to check, but it's too far. I I can't see. (laughs) We'll just say, yeah, yeah, it's a twenty, it's a twenty, it's good. That's how it goes. It it feels like we've done so much purely because Anne and I have been doing a bit of traveling. This is true. And interacting with other the Adventure Zone fans. It's been so great. She and I were at Dragon Con this past weekend. I'm still <laughs> tired from Dragon Con. I've got to be completely honest. <laughs> Who isn't? I'm not. Uh, th- yeah, third third leg of my major U.S. Con- nerd conventions <laughs> tour <laughs> that I apparently went on. You've been globetrotting the whole fan scene here. So, so I'll take over here. We got to meet so many awesome people. Adventure Zone fans and just McElroy fans in general are honestly so lovely. So we got to meet you. It was awesome. If you're listening to the show because we met you, it was great meeting you. And thanks for joining us. We did meet an existing listener whose name was Anna. I hope I am 99.9% sure that I have that right. Anna, what's up? Uh, But you were very nice. Sorry, I didn't get to meet you. (laughs) I'm not allowed to leave Alaska. And we can't talk about the live show. That's true. Brittany is uh, (laughs) confined to Alaska. Soon that spell may be broken. In the meantime, yes, this live show that they did in, in Atlanta... We cannot wait for everybody to get to listen to it. But we are allowed to talk about this episode, so. So let's get right into it. I will say. We have a new theme song. Before, wait, before we even get started, I want everyone to know, I made a concentrated effort in my notes to not rag on Griffin about minor (gasps) details because I really want to uphold my end of the bargain Mm -hmm. and have Jake be a bunny. So Griffin, I'm doing my part. So this is like a show of good faith that (laughs) if you stop ragging on our sweetest DM, Griffin McElroy, that maybe Jake Kool-Ice will be revealed to be a bunny. Maybe, please, and thank you. Okay. Griffin, balls in your court. Out there. So let's get into it. We have a new theme song, first and foremost. We start with the dulcet tones of Justin's <laughs> voice. Ah. Yeah, is one of us gonna sing now? <laughs> if I could mimic it right, I would. <laughs> it's so Listen, if we could mimic that right, we would be a three girl show and we would be traveling right. the country. We like the grand old opera. This episode would be a musical. <gasps> <laughs> I keep thinking like I could try. Because it is so good. The way he says zound, like, it's so not the way I would expect for it to be said, but I loved it. I listened to it, like, three times. I'm not even going to lie. Like, that was nice. Well, maybe maybe this is something that needs to happen, a little little team up with Griffin and Justin here. Right? These musically talented boys. Griffin writes some music. Travis, where are you at? I've heard Travis threatened to sing to people, and I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> you love the threat or you love the end result? I loved all of it. Okay. I hear he will sing Disney songs at the drop of a hat, so My sister. Oh, God. So they they could uh, start a band. Yeah. As long as it's Disney. That's songs. the maybe that's the next frontier. <laughs> that's their next step. That's the next McElroy mm-hmm. adventure endeavor. Yeah, the the LP. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to show up in the McElroy merch store. <laughs> 
All right, let's get back into this. So we get back to the zone. The adventure zone. <laughs> That's all we're gonna do from now on. <laughs> Every time we get off traffic, ah, never mind. Done. Let's go. Okay, so let's start where we left off, which is essentially what they do. Ned took a bit of a hit last time. Um, yeah. But good news, when he was in the hospital, he regained one point of what do they call that? Harm. I think just health. Harm, oh, that's it. Thank you. That's the yeah. one. Um, and then now this being the next day, yes, he yes. recovered yes. another. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's where I jump in immediately because, again, that is my favorite. Uh, so I do not remember what else is happening in this moment. <laughs> but that's fine. Well, they, they pretty much go straight to uh, the campground because they've got this meeting set yes. up with Mothman. Indrid Cold. Indrid Cold, which I didn't realize was, like, the Mothman name. Me neither. Okay, good. And It's not just me. Well, when I looked it up, so I this is, didn't watch, or I did watch Mothman Prophecies from however many not. hundreds of years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, I was young, I wasn't paying attention, I just knew a bridge collapsed. And that there was a scary face in the mirror at one point. I think that's hmm. why I watched it, because I wanted hmm. more of that, and I got one. I was like, really? <laughs> and then a lot of Richard Gere. Um, but when I was looking up Mothman stuff, which is still all up in my browser, by the way. I'm looking at, like, 12 Great. tabs right now. I love it. Um, Injured Cold was both part of Mothman and not. What? At some point, he was the grinning man. I was like, that's way Ew. worse than a man that's a moth. I know. Yes. So, Dudes, do yeah. not smile at me. Please and thank you. Don't. Like, if it's if it's crossing your whole face, <laughs> don't do it. We don't like that. It's too much. That's too much smile. <laughs> Pull it so back was injured cold a man who was smiling and then he turned into moth? And who cares? We're not getting into this. <laughs> He's an alien. No, it's so good. What? <laughs> Oh, a no. part of this. All right. I'm I took stepping a clip. Out. You guys just talk. Yeah. I took a clip, <laughs> and this is direct from, I think, the wiki, the cryptid wiki, that mm-hmm. according to reports made by Woodrow Derenberger, which, great name, Woodrow. Injured Cold <laughs> came from a planet named Lanulus in oh, the right. Ganymedes uh-huh. galaxy, and that no. there were two other grinning men by the uh-uh. names of Demo Hassan and Carl Ardo. So be on the lookout for those two. Wait, one of them was named say. Carl? Carl, with a K. <laughs> Don't worry. That makes it weird. <laughs> it was too good. I had to make sure everyone heard this. So I was like, why? And why was this, like, written down as fact then? Yeah. The- Thank yeah. you for doing this okay. research. I, I do my best. No. I'm No, that's all there is to it. No. No. Let's go see Injured Cold. No. And he, okay, so here's uh, getting us back on track. I'll take us there. Honestly, thank you for that research. I did not know any of that stuff. Or that Mothman was like, maybe maybe an alien? But again, I say no. Uh, so we go to meet Indrid. And girls, straight up, he sounds kind of hot. <laughs> this one's yours for sure. <laughs> I was listening. I was like, "And Nell's guy done." <laughs> like I'm like, "Wait a minute. He he looks young, but also old. But white hair, but also some black hair. Mm? What? Every. <laughs> but also, I'm not here to step on Emily's toes. So, oh, true. There's enough Mothman to go around. He's like, listen, my wings are very large. 
So we go into his very, very hot Winnebago he has here, which what a beautiful poetic description of a Winnebago. I appreciated that very much. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed the what do we call this like a prophecy scene i guess that that um this yeah. initial introduction of indrid yes. is his dialogue overlapping with theirs i'm not actually sure how they executed so that good. i said that they for you know the one time they decided okay we're going to have a discussion about how we're right. doing this on on some level or or griffin just recorded his audio afterward and asked them to do whatever i they figured wanted. it was done in post yeah yeah Same. i think that's yeah. definitely done in post but it if was, I it were was griffin, that's what i would have done yeah i think it was very interesting and very effective and it gave a sort of spooky aspect to something that mm-hmm. just this guy in a winnebago was probably not gonna have <laughs> as much yeah they did give him those big red glasses, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm into the glasses. So that's inherently glasses. creepy. See, it's not that me. hot creepy. Like, I don't trust you, but mm, that looks pretty good. But also, right, I like, can't see your eyes. You wear it very well, but also, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. I will watch you. I will not give you my phone number yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Barclay, my boy. I miss him. <laughs> Can we get some Barclay and Indrid? And their Please high school rivalry, which they must have had. <laughs> Come on. So the, here's what we do know. Speaking of which, that Indrid says he's been outside of Sylvain on Earth for at least 100 years. Mm-hmm. And he just, it almost uh-huh. sounds to me like he essentially thinks humans are cute. Yeah. That, I thought that was neat. That he chose to come to here, to yeah. the mortal realm is what I keep calling it. Mm. And it was like, so he was not exiled. This means he can go back? Whenever he wants. Ooh, good call. I, I don't know. know. I wonder if once you've stayed here for an amount of time, maybe you right. can't go like back. If... Like, yeah, it seems like there must be something. But I mean, he initially Passport left. expired. He was trying to. They sort of toss this out real quick and then move on. But um, Griffin also says that he came to Earth because he was trying to solve some of the problems yes. in Sylvain, um, right. which we still mm-hmm. don't know the specifics of. But. So he was here on a research mission, I guess, and then uh-huh. um, broke the prime directive, <laughs> decided to interfere. <laughs> totally interfered, decided humans were cute. He let his visa expire. All of it happened. And now he's just here. So he may or may not have actually gone to high school with Barclay. But I do want to know if there is history here, even if it isn't a high school AU, like Brittany so dearly hopes is the case. What, (laughs) you know, how much do these other characters know each other, especially in this case where this guy chose to be here, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although it does sound like he has been in this RV by himself for a very (laughs) long time because they, Griffin specifies it's a a mess. There's Mm -hmm. old eggnog sitting out, which is extremely upsetting. Um, so gross. And he's got like a conspiracy theory map with pins all over it and these pencil sketches. And um, this part is what's very cool, these sketches, because this yeah. is where we learn his abilities mm-hmm. in that the the Ingrid is like a seer. Yes. The way that they describe it is so neat. And, you know, the, like looking at the 100 TV screens and then you kind of, you can kind of pare down and pare down and pare down until you see what's going to happen. And we see that happening as he's even speaking when mm-hmm. he has all these pencil drawings up there and then he'll take one down and throw it away, which initially my thought was, Somebody pick that up and look at it. Like, is this important? Mm -hmm. But then by the end of it, we realize, no, it's him 
eliminating possibilities. Yeah, so he's approaching the possible future that seems the most likely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which and made me when... wonder what was going to happen to the Kryptonomica. Mm. Mm. Yes, we don't know. It was mm. in a different timeline. And is it still going to happen? Did all the pictures get taken down? But the I one bet. with the train? Yeah, I believe that was mm-hmm. the last one okay. they do specify. So I guess he's just going to draw some more. That Like, that's my thought. I hope he's he really fast at drawing. I bet he is. <laughs> there are those people who are so good and so quick. And their lines are, they're just, the sketch is just beautiful. That's, that's how I picture his skill level to be. Either mm-hmm. that or it looks like it was drawn by a five-year-old, but he knows or what that. it means. It's just like I love stick that figures. Too. <laughs> it's just like a box with I'm a cryptonomica over it. It's spelled wrong. <laughs> Aubrey holds it. I'm like, guys, it's the cryptonomica. It looks exactly like it. And the R is backwards. It's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Toys R Us. And Jeffrey just hanging off. Style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what it looks like. Mm-hmm. This is it. I'd know this place anywhere. <laughs> but we do we do find out that, that it um what is what's going on in town is is more ominous than we thought it was. It's not just some Yeah creature that's dangerous and messing with the weather but it's some kind of force that's trying to alter the present in order to control the future and changing those possible futures faster than he can keep up with which seems bad i'm gonna go with bad super fucked up yeah yeah seems overwhelming Ah. Yeah. Overwhelming and like where do you even start to try to control this but the good uh-huh. news is for us, especially for our dear, sometimes co-host Emily, Mothman is my enemy. Right. Good. And so I go think ahead. it would be just the yeah. way we're setting up the cryptids as more like friends yeah. of the forest. Like they're established. We're here to help. Yeah. yeah. So take his little picture that's now handsome and go stick it in the friend category or at least <laughs> compatriot. Move it from your murder board over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't ever get those boards confused. Very important. Do not. <laughs> do not do it. You should have an ally section of your murder board. Yeah. So you know who to go to for some help. And then your suspects need to be on the exact opposite side. And never the two shall meet. Exactly that. But so this sweet, maybe handsome ally tells us we learn from his seeing this next uh, bit of bad luck, if you will, is going to happen at the tram I forget. Mm-hmm. There was an actual name for it, but my notes are very bad. It's a funicular. Funicular train. That's it. Do you guys know what a funicular is? Have you ever been on it's one? It's one of those ones that's like you get in that little box. It looks like a train car, and then like it goes on the the cable up and down, right? Uh, yeah, more or less. I mean, funiculars are the, the one difference between those and like a cable car is that they are in contact mm-hmm. with the ground. So there there is like oh. a mm-hmm. like a rail, but it, it's not. It depends on the type of funicular. Some of them have, um, like, gears that kind of ratchet the car up, and some of them just, just pull it on, on okay. a pulley. That's more common, and that's the kind that Griffin was describing. I know way too much about funiculars because um, my, <sighs> my mother's hometown of Johnstown, Pennsylvania, has a, a very, very old funicular, um, which Ooh. I used to have to go on every time we would visit family. I am not a fan. I love of that. I was really hoping your I'm grandpa not... <laughs> was, like, the creator of the funicular train. No, no, no. I don't Fingers think anyone... I Probably somebody in my family worked on the funicular, because I think the whole town probably did at some point when they were building it, but I, I don't know for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I have I have been on quite a lot of funicular railways, and also in other countries. I don't know why. Like, whenever we would travel... 
if there was a funicular and or a cable car, my parents would find it and make me go on it. And I was like, you know, I really, this is not my jam at all. <laughs> Funiculars are, are much less intimidating. And they're but... just screaming, it's your heritage. Yeah, yeah. We have to support grandpa. <laughs> Any time my friends tell me about stories when they're younger, I just imagine like Anne, but littler. Like it's always right? you, same attitude. It's often same... with a bigger head too, like the same head on a smaller body. Just a little body. cartoony. <laughs> Yeah, so yes. just imagine little Anne like, mm-mm, I don't, I'm, this isn't my jam. <laughs> but no, I didn't know that. I was honestly picturing, I think, a cable car. So thank mm-hmm. you for clearing that up. Yeah, I mean, they vary. They vary fairly significantly, but I think that was what, that's so, I mean, it makes a little more sense in terms of his description yeah. that it is touching the ground, that they're kind of on rails. Yes. Um, it is It is more like a train but they're for mm-hmm. steep, yeah. steep inclines where a train wouldn't work. That makes sense. So it sounds like we're going to the the one at the top because, like you said, yes, it's the steepness of it that makes the funicular important yeah, and why they apparently would build this. they were they were maybe already at the because I, I was a little confused by that description because Griffin said that it was the cable that it, the car went to topside, um, which mm-hmm. sounds like it would be above them, but the base station is below them. So I'm guessing either there's maybe there are two locations like maybe it stops halfway up the mountain or oh. that w- it was just confusing wording and they were already up the mountain which no, makes a yeah. little more sense if they were at the you... campground i think yeah. they were maybe already most of the way up i didn't think of the that at all <gasps> i pictured they were already at the top yeah i think they were already at the top see and i promise i wasn't gonna rag on griffin don't no i i don't think like i think it was it just was um you know because I think Griffin's awareness of where people are in space is a little better than ours as listeners sometimes. Sure. So I don't think it was and confusing sometimes it's hard so to much describe. as... Yeah. Yeah. I think we were sort of worried about the whole, he's got six minutes to save right. these people's lives thing. They Which do luckily is close by, because yeah, we have six minutes, yeah. so they run over. Luckily, it's right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this where... And again, I'm so sorry, everybody. My notes are not great for this episode. Is this where he tries to bring in the, the Alpina, but then he calls it something yeah. else? He called yeah, it they mentioned it, yeah. Did he change the model, or is that a different name? I looked up what he said. I couldn't find anything. Oh. Hmm. Anyway, I just appreciated that it came in, and then immediately Travis shot the idea down. But Trav... Which, Travis, how dare you? Trav. Give me the snow machine. <laughs> You're going to want it. How do you not want it all the time? I can't wait until the snow comes, because all I want to do is be on snow machines all day, every day. Oh yeah, don't They're the that. most fun. They got to save it for the right dramatic reveal, though. They can't oh, just they can't burn right. it too early, How? just to, to go 10, 10 yards or something. Real Geralt stuff <laughs> up in here. Oh, well, I'll wait. I'll wait for a minute, so I'll bring up what it's I was going to say good. when we get there. Okay. It's going to be good. Just tuck that away. Just be wait, friends. <laughs> So, okay, so we go to the tram station. It sounds like we're at the top, and Mm -hmm. they get there. We see that Juno Devine's car is out here. Oh, no. Which makes me, like, not necessarily that this is actually the case, but I'm like, this is the second ranger or person who has been put into Mm -hmm. harm's way. Just saying. I just figured this is an attack on Duck. It's all been Mm. Duck's people. Ooh. Yeah, it does seem to be potentially personal. Yeah, you're right. Or I maybe Duck's just real popular and has the most friends. <laughs> Duck. So no matter who you go for in town, Duck's like, wait, no, I went to high school with that. Wait, no. <laughs> we shared a croissant once. <laughs> Hold on. 
It was also like genuinely kind of wild that they're trying to decide what to do in this situation and hearing Justin or I'm not sure if it was if it was Justin or Duck. Either way works. I'm just a tough guy. And then we've got Travis scanning for magical activity. And I had one of those moments where I was like, this is different. Little, I like it, but it's yeah, different. Yeah, it turned it right on its head <laughs> with those two. He has a good point. I mean, this is not really a, a sword solvable problem on the surface that, you well, know, how, and, do you, mm-hmm. how do you convince these people to, to get to safety or how do you get them to safety? Yeah. I'll tell you how. You lie to them right you to their lie. face. <laughs> Duck Which is, is very, very good. bad. <laughs> Yeah, we do get a return of Duck's impeccable ability to uh, tell a lie. Just what a gift. The way Justin's voice catches, the way he voice acts Duck lying (laughs) is so good because you can see Duck, like, getting choked up and flustered. And, like, I see him getting, like, red and just, like, (laughs) it was a body of water in the tree zone. Like, kind of, (laughs) like... He's already yeah. angry at himself for coming up with such a bad lie. It's so bad. Yeah, his like, face is just all the cues red. of like looking away, red face, like grimacing, Little like why sweat. am I even saying this? Oh, flop sweat all over the place. <laughs> oh, this poor boy. And you just you're just picturing like everybody who knows him who has seen him do this before, just being like, okay, yeah, you carry on with that because we knew Absolutely. the second you started talking that you were lying through your teeth because you're so bad at it. You're so bad. That's exactly how I imagine Juno just looking at him like blank face, like no, duh. I know you. You are full of shit right now. Ned, on the other hand, though, is amazing at lying, and it's very great and very attractive, and he's the best one here. So he's over with the – because Aubrey jumps the turnstile, and so Ned is trying to smooth things over with the, the attendant here at the gate. And I appreciate him immediately being like, what deal can we make? He's such a mm-hmm. – he's a wheeler and a dealer and a liar, and I like it. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't exactly work. But it I did not for trying. <laughs> Absolutely. But it was so smooth. And then mm-hmm. he wrote a check that will super bounce. I want the check to have like his face on it and be a made up bank and like just everything. Everything wrong with a check. Net bucks, exactly. Well, he tried net bucks, though it didn't work. So now he has to do a net check. <laughs> so they go into the, the oh, right. car because they have to they have to I mean, because it sounds like we've kind of sort of convinced Juno, but there are other people, there are other passengers on this car. And I, right. I, lo- so I loved the semi-deep cut of it being um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her oh husband from Christmas Vacation. Incidentally, the husband's name is Nicholas Guest. Thank um, you. The actor. Yes. He's a voice <laughs> actor. Say, I love it's always Julia Louis-Dreyfus and that guy. And which, that guy. God bless. <laughs> I'm fine he's, with this. Yeah, he's a, he's uh, doing a lot of voice acting now, and That's apparently great. he's on the Good new MacGyver you. voicing a robot. So hey. there's that. Whoa. Yeah. And he was in the Starship Troopers animated series, I think. So Thank God. Yeah, he gets around. <laughs> Way to go, Nicholas Guest. You made it. <laughs> <laughs> Your names have mentioned on a small podcast. You truly made it. This is it. We'll, we'll get that guy on to talk about Tass. <laughs> oh, please. Can you guys even imagine? Our guest this week. <laughs> Nicholas Guest. <laughs> We could He's have a perfect guest. His name, it's right in his name. He's right there. <laughs> Let's keep zinging on this for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> but I did I did enjoy how immediately all of the guys, especially Justin, got really invested in Muff, Muffy and Winthrop. <laughs> These NBCs who were just there to, like, 
save. Just be, <laughs> right. Like, people who were in some danger, we got to get them out of here. Well, and even Griffin's treatment of their voices. Yes. I mean, they're great side characters. Of course, everybody's interested in what what is going on with them. Mm-hmm. And what happens when Aubrey sets Winthrop on fire? We want to know. <laughs> but it was quick thinking on all of their parts to get them out of the tram. That was the mm-hmm. main goal. Here. Right. Get them out of the tram. I'm trying to remember. Aubrey uses one of her luck slots. What does yes. she use that on? What What was her poor role? To set them to set them on uh, to set Winthrop on fire <laughs> on accident. That's to get, I assume like I don't know if if, if uh, the the other version of the role like if it would have backfired on Aubrey or if it would have set him on fire too much, but. Uh, okay. It did, it did right. work, so I guess it was worth the Lux lot. Mm-hmm. Right. It was to so essentially she... set a controlled fire. Yeah, gotcha. I, I think so maybe... she had seven, and now yeah. she's down to six, and yeah. those never recover. They do not. Oof. Yeah. Okay. I think maybe Travis needs some new dice. Uh, probably. So some bad, bad rolls this episode. I'm glad he's using them, though. Yeah. Because that's something, when I play, I tend to not use those for fear of wasting them. them. And then I waste them by not using them. It's like, come on. Right. This is the dilemma of everybody who plays video games. It's, oh, well, I could use this super power up, but why? I should wait and save it. And then you (laughs) get to the end of the game and you never even used it. Just use your damn power ups. That's how I am with rewards points. (laughs) Exactly. And in your real life video game, use your rewards (laughs) points. Roll those luck dice. But it did work. And I appreciate the reasoning behind it was they know these people are going to die Mm -hmm. if they don't get them out of here. Yeah. So it's Mm -hmm. worth it to set this man fake on fire, but also for Railsy on fire (laughs) to get him out of this, out of this tram. Yeah. And Aubrey has a successful uh, use of the third eye, read a bad situation here also. Because she sees not only what is going to fail, which is a bolt on the brake pad, but also that uh, the snow is maybe not what's actually doing it. It's just a sign of what's coming. Since previously, it seemed like maybe it was just the snow and the wind's action, but it seems like it's more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is where my notes do start to get fuzzy, as if they weren't before. You thought it was bad before? Just wait, everybody. (laughs) They get even worse progressively from here on out so aubrey reads the situation Mm -hmm. we know that something is about to happen again because it's that same snow though now we know it is just like a portent and they do so do they run out of the station and that's where they see this creature again yeah they so they uh aubrey and the the guy who works at the station are trying to raise the person at the base station because the car is going to fall down the mountain so this is the last person mm-hmm. who is still in danger. But while that's going on, Duck uses his mad wilderness skills with a Z, I assume, mm-hmm. um, and Absolutely. sees these suspicious hoof prints and is instead going to go after whatever is doing this. Yes. Because this is yes. kind of their big window, right? Because th- this is the first time that they've been able to successfully get the person or persons out of harm's way so that they can investigate who's actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. They kind of got out in front of it. And thank you for clarifying the funicular being on like a track. Cause I mm-hmm. think that's where my concern was. I was like, if that thing is going loose, it's going to collide immediately thinking that it was just on cables. Uh, but not knowing that there is some sort of track and yeah. you might be able to get there in time, which is what Clint wants to do. Mm-hmm. This is where I will say 
there's no road, you should have gotten the Alpina. <laughs> that thing would have been down there, lickety split. Well, they wouldn't have had it with them. That's true. Maybe as soon as it's winter, that's just all they should use. It'd be fun. I Come thought on, it guys. was winter. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. It is winter. Oh. <laughs> so, like, why is the Alpina just not always your mode of transpo? Well, he's got chains, brand new chains, snow chains on the Lincoln, though. <laughs> he did get branded. Okay, okay. He established enough. the chains previously. <laughs> he's a smart. Which I appreciated song. very much. He's playing chess, not checkers <laughs> over there, Clint McElroy. <laughs> Clint is killing it. He absolutely is. Also, the scene he paints of Ned and Aubrey. First, I love that yeah. he makes Aubrey get in the car with him. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think, I'll do this myself. But no, he's like, Aubrey, get in. It's like, okay. Of them flying down the hill. In this yeah. big old car, set to live and let die. Like, hearing that and seeing it, oh my gosh. I was like, this is so cinematic. You guys mm-hmm. are killing me here. And yeah, it's trying to avoid good. trees and Aubrey fucks up a roll again. And yeah, no, mm-hmm. Trap definitely needs new dice. Oh yeah. my boy. This one was rough. Yeah, I, I want to circle back real quick before we, we move on to the rest Please. of this. That... uh because I, I don't even know that I quite registered it the first time, but one of those roles, Travis um, has Aubrey go and try to stop the car from falling using, like, wind magic to try to stop it. And even without rolling, Travis oh, right. just decides that she's going to fail because of uncertainty. So this was a really good, like, character development moment that I think they do kind of speed past necessarily. But that there's follow up from from Aubrey accidentally making the sign fall previously. Sure. That, that now she's that got now she may have some kind of hesitation about using her magic yeah. and may therefore not be able to use it. Is that why she very specifically chose not to use real magic but just the fake magic on uh Winthrop? Possibly. Yeah. I mean I think Maybe. there may I think it may have just been like that that seemed like a cool idea and, and that it was something that you don't want other people to see your magic, so it would have been riskier to use yeah. real magic. Well, he said it was going to be very specific. Yeah. He's like, I'm very specifically yes. not using it. And I think it's that possible, could be yeah. the bigger picture that like she's scared to. Yeah, yeah, but he's definitely still working with Aubrey having a lot of self-doubt at this point about, about using magic. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly it. So this is... <laughs> This episode is also the saga of me trying to do 10 things at once. Uh, The notes get progressively worse. Also, this is where I started falling in and out of sleep listening to this episode. Not because it's not super exciting, only because I was very tired. But so my note here just says, Ned and I love our cars. And then I drew a heartbreak. And then I wrote moment of silence. So does he, (laughs) did he uh, sacrifice the Lincoln here? He did. Oh, no. He did. And he just put those new chains on, which is devastating. Yeah. But here's here's the hope and the heartbreak. Also, he did grab the live and let die eight track out of the car. And then I believe crushed it on impact yeah. of himself yeah. oh, no. leaping out of the I car. Didn't miss that part, oh Ned, this was just never meant to be. Yeah, I oh. mean it was it was very close to being a su- successful plan. That I mean it's it's a completely wild plan, but putting putting the car in front of the train actually works, like in front of the car. Um, because mm-hmm. sturdy American steel, I guess, but uh, hell yeah, but yeah, like so it does work for a while. But the problem is that then the counterweight is coming up the other way, so mm-hmm. yeah, it just did not did not end well. 
could have ended worse because they they were effective say, but at the cost of ruby there were no fatalities but but ruby yeah but the car it's very sad but uh. guys guess what now he has no choice but get the alpina out so we should get some snowmobiling next time that's my song Brittany, how dare you just toss away the fact that a car died here i will say this for what it's worth if people have listened to balance even if you haven't don't worry this isn't really a spoiler ruby was also the name of the little the dog i did notice that yeah yeah like at the very beginning of balance Mm -hmm. there's a little dog dog named ruby now there's a car named Ruby. So maybe it's just a name that he likes. It's little know. connections. It's little pieces. Yeah. So then this is where... So those two get out. Yes. And Mark is safe. And everyone's yes. alive. Yes. And probably very God confused bless. because at some point he would have looked out the window and seen this tram <laughs> car and Lincoln like colliding right outside. Yeah. yeah. Must have been a lot. <laughs> Big day at work. He's like, just another day in Kepler. (laughs) 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 Then the the screen does (laughs) 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 The circle just closes in on Mark's face like, what are you? What can you do? (laughs) Speaking of just another day in Kepler, speaking of the other part of the show, just another day in Kepler with a goofy cartoon band. Uh, So Duck is chasing this Lady Gaga shoe creature into the woods. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And then he's able to tackle him, yes? Yes. You girls should just take over yes. here. I was, yes. okay, this was just Yeah, so I mean, he, he basically, like, he, he uses, like, the, the, the hooded figure is going to strike with the axe, and he manages to block oh, with yeah. Beacon, and then just kind mm-hmm. of throw his weight, you know, because, like, you're off balance when you're striking. So if you, <clears throat> if you hit somebody right. on the other side, you can knock them to the ground, which is what he successfully does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then realizes that he's not sure what he's going to do. Did anyone else think this might be an escapee from Knights Templar 2, the Wacky Wizards? Mm, I didn't. I had deep hope. Well, we don't know for sure it's <laughs> like, not. I gotta get out. <laughs> he's got his ice skate, or he's got his uh, roller skates tied, like he's got the laces tied together and slung over his shoulders. You so can't run out of Lady Gaga shoes with those. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Let me put on my hooves instead. Beep, beep. Take over the banks. <laughs> But so it All isn't right. a Knights Templar. No, it's wizard. another very handsome goat man. It is. He looks like Vincent. Yeah, y'all. Let's uh, pause looks here like a moment Vincent. and just remember that hot goat man picture that we uh, brought up. I don't know how oh, many episodes ago. Oh, I for ago. sure looked it up again. Hell yeah! <laughs> it's like and reminder, handsome goat man. Good job. Handsome jacked goat man. Yeah, right. He's, he's just he's completely super yoked, jacked. apparently. Yeah, <laughs> and apparently can't speak, which I'm assuming means he's feral. He has uh, not drank that good, good water or uh, soaked in not. a stream or licked a crystal lately. No. Oh, so do you think? Because we have this one. Do you think if they like got him in the in the hot spring? I don't know. Interesting question whether or not this Let's is time up and try. Yeah, we don't know if this is ever reversible. This process, or when we're not completely certain that that's what's going on, because it's possible that he's simply choosing not to speak, because what he does with the bleeding, True. or he or she, I don't know what the the goat is, they, the goat yeah. person, um, True. summons its buddies. And now we yes. finally find out what happened to the missing forestry tools from oh, Duck's friend's truck. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they all have 
the stuff, the axe and the shovel and the stuff that was stolen from the truck. You listen here, you goat looters. Spears. Shears. Shears, I wrote yes. the wrong thing. Spears. A lot of, lot of spears in forestry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I looked and I was like, that's not right. It sounds right next to axe, but not next to shovel. It sounds so, right I... next to axe and in the notes for a show called The Adventure Zone. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. This is like, hold on. That's not what he was carrying. Because I could see it in my head. It's like, hmm, that's not how you should say that word. <laughs> So did they say how many there were? Again, there are was... three total. Yeah. Oh, that's think, not too bad. Think the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park. <laughs> as often as you can, please think of the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park and the summoning. And then they I assume they zip, zip in from the sides, much like the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park, to mm-hmm. attack. Clever girls. Threads. Yeah. Clever girls. Yeah. So it's more yoked mm-hmm. goat men goat people then duck can take on single-handedly especially since he's still trying to (laughs) grapple this one on the ground and it's not going that well Mm -hmm. but luckily he's not alone he's not alone he's not yes yes i was yes i see i was trying not to go into the (laughs) my my justin mcelroy moments but this was extremely i love this go i mean i i go go i liked it earlier also that uh the duck was trying to negotiate before he even chose to yeah. fight this i mean so like he waited until it was coming at him with an axe before he decided that yes. diplomacy was not a valid option i just really enjoy that as a, as a character bit because you know it's from, noble from, yeah. a, from a game standpoint you know you're gonna have to fight this this character like you know that's gonna mm-hmm. happen but from a character decision standpoint to not jump to that conclusion was was very clever sure. and good and i am way deep into that that he's he's trying to negotiate again and that beacon just kind of wraps itself around this goat man's throat to take a hostage hell yeah and that justin as a voice actor is able to pivot so quickly Uh. from duck being really anxious and nervous and trying to make this work somehow to get out of the situation Mm -hmm. and that beacon's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna cut this guy (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't have anything to do with him, and I am going to cut him. Which I love so much on a couple levels. One, because fuck yeah, Beacon. But then also, what you could infer from this is, one, Beacon's not taking anybody's shit. But also, two, I mean, because Beacon's a sword. Like, yeah. he's pretty durable and sturdy. Like, he'll be fine. So it is in his way. He's mm-hmm. He is protecting Duck, really, here. Yeah. So it's I like that, that, like, there could be, there's potentially a nuance here. As much as these two characters don't actually like each other, but yeah. then maybe they do, and Beacon's just kind of insufferable to Duck. I like this in that it might suggest that, like, Beacon is gonna mess your shit up if you are messing with him and his yeah and duck is his Mm -hmm. yeah there's there's more to it than just i mean because this was the only kind of negotiation that was going to work and it was probably the only kind of fighting that was going to work because duck can't take these guys on single-handedly yeah or no it wasn't gonna work out so Mm -hmm. this was kind of leverage yeah this was really the only way probably out of the situation yeah but yeah i mean that's uh I'm, i'm i'm just constantly impressed by him in general but i am especially impressed by him simultaneously making two different character decisions and having to do that as a performance as well Mm -hmm. so this is this has been me just talking about justin for like five minutes (laughs) here's the just stand corner again we still don't have music for it this is a musical episode and sing a song 
figure I'm it out not, no, right now. Go. Stop. No. Go. Go. No. Go. It's not going to happen. <laughs> That's it. No. 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 Not going to happen. <laughs> Did it. <laughs> you just sang a song. A nice little beat there. I like it. Uh and that's where that's where we leave this one is Beacon being fucking dope as hell and with kind of things at the precipice here. Mm-hmm. We saved everybody. Good news. But now we have Duck in a very interesting predicament with hot gum people. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to go in a different direction. All... I was going to I, I was ow, 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 ow. <laughs> and, and surprisingly taking it where I was not going to. <laughs> I love it even more. Dirty Diana over here. I think I think we'd expect it from me by now. I was like, nope, I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> That's exactly why it's so good. I feel like you expect that stuff out of especially Britney fan fiction Bailey. And then Anne comes in out of left field and is like, ooh, I got here first. I love it. <laughs> I look, she's in the front seat of the car. What? How did this happen? Brittany, now you got to get in the back because I already, <sighs> like Aubrey, slid across the hood and got in the front seat. Damn it. <laughs> it's cool. I can lie down in the back. Hell yeah. Take a nap. Or just take a load off. Uh, is there anything we uh, we missed in our notes that we want to mention now? I want to talk about 400 horsepowers. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> love that i tried to come up with some more i just came up with pissing like a racehorse Mm, that is good but that was they have really nice hair do they cover that nice hair hair yeah they they call they covered super beauty which i think Mm. yeah i guess that's would cover that but what i really enjoyed was justin said flight what kind of horses <laughs> is he seeing and A horse, Brittany. What kind of like... horses are you talking about? <laughs> what? Brittany, we all know horses have the power of flight. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing a lot. There was a big metal pegasus in my hometown airport growing up, so I know that the horses do fly. Obviously. She's known that since she was a kid. <laughs> I was like, I know this is a reality. <laughs> no, that was a very good moment. I have a moment. Um... It's just a little one Ned saying, buckle in, please. It was very funny to me when he and Aubrey are about to go on their essentially heaven or hell just barreling down the mountain. I, I also like Ned calling uh, Garfield Marmaduke. <laughs> because that's like, you didn't forget that it was a cartoon he animal, but you went with a different one. Listen, those are all good notes. I'm glad we brought them up. Oh, and when Clint says sick, just like Travis does. I thought that was adorable. That is cute. He's learning. And I don't know if it would be Ned learning from Aubrey or Clint learning from Travis. But either way, I was was like, oh. Either way, Presh. I like (laughs) it. Good word choice. Okay, so now it's that time again, everybody. It's time for a poll. So last week, or last time. Very musical this week. You got to sing it. Uh, so last time we wanted to know which fast food highway sign everybody thought would be the most likely to kill us if we were on a road trip. And the answer with 48% of the votes was a giant KFC bucket. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, because that's a very good answer. <laughs> I like some of the reasoning. Like, well, McDonald's, you got those arches. So, like, you can sweep, exactly. slip through one of them. <laughs> More likelihood of living <laughs> were to fall on you. Very thoughtful answer. It just crushed a leg. I'm fine. My face is in the arch. You can come back from that. You can come back from that. You'll be good. So this week, we want to know which 8-track would provide the soundtrack for your do-or-die moment. 
We will have that poll up over on Twitter at Romancing Zone. And hey, good news, we're on Spotify now. So if you search for Romancing the Zone, you can find us on there if that's where you prefer to listen to podcasts. And we'll check everybody in two weeks. Till then, as always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. (laughs) 